Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Hello and welcome back into the studio to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Finally, the three amigos back together. John, um, he was out one game, but he reha- rehabbed like crazy. He's back into the lineup, which is fantastic. Uh, we yeah, got John, the- Matt Okada, and myself back on the mic tonight. Boys, how we doing? Doing good. Hit the uh, hit the training room hard. Uh, got some some really good rehab from our uh, excellent. Uh, health and wellness uh, coaches that we have here on on staff at Red Shirts, and I'm uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, what are we paying them by the better way? Better than the Chargers health and wellness. <laughs> way wellness better than coaches. the Chargers. Uh, That's for sure. Training staff, my goodness. I don't know who's worse, Chargers or Redskins, or not Redskins anymore. The Washington Football Team, formerly team formerly known as Redskins. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know, man. I gotta go with That's I gotta tough. go with Chargers. Based off what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, the Chargers are pretty bad. It's like year after year. But hopefully this is the year they all stay healthy. Of course, we always wish for good health, including our own here with John back on the mic. So happy to have him back. Okada and I tried to hold it down in the last show. We did a Dynasty startup mock draft. It was fantastic because you know who we got on our roster? Terry McLaurin. And anytime that happens, nice. no matter what else happens, you're good to go. So check out that. Lots of good, interesting strategy on the show. Of course, we debated uh, picks, players, all that kind of good stuff. Tonight... We are not talking about specific players. We are not going to talk about certain values, trade targets, any of that stuff. We're giving you guys our uh, our Dynasty 101. So get out a notebook, get out a pen or or pencil, take some notes. We're going to give you guys our tips and strategies to be successful and how to make the leap into Dynasty. Because I don't know about you guys, but man, I've just played Redraft for years and years and years. A couple years ago, I played Dynasty and I was like... Yep, I'm not going back. It's awesome. Same. It's my favorite kind of, uh, of fantasy. Do you guys prefer Redraft or Dynasty? Ooh, that's a super tough question. Is that like a, if I can only have one, what do I choose you question? You can only have one. Okay, if it's, that's the case, then I'm going Dynasty because it's more year-round, which means I get more fantasy. Having said that, Redraft is probably more fun on a like in-season basis than Dynasty, I would say. Redraft for me, um, I mean, like everyone, pretty much everyone starts with Redraft, right? So it's got a special place everyone. for all of us. Um, redraft yes. is just super fun. It's that home league with your same friends or family members that you've played in every year for, you know, five, ten years now. Um, you know the same person's going to show up and make a mistake on draft day. Um, you know, <laughs> yep, it's, draft a quarterback in round two. Right. It was like 2015, I think, in in my like home redraft league, um, where someone took Michael Vick in the year when he wasn't playing for anybody. Like it's that kind of <laughs> oh, stuff. Like gosh. it's just it's redraft football <laughs> is so fun that way. Those home leagues are great. They they are what drives a majority of fantasy football, and it's still super fun. But True. dynasty is much more intricate it's much more um it's it's much more of a thinking game like you you have to put a little bit more mental energy into dynasty than you do to redraft so both are special if i had to choose one though yeah i'm taking i'm taking dynasty over redraft yeah i think i agree there is something special about redraft you know it's like end of july august like there's just that like wave of fantasy content that comes with redraft season which is so fun to be a part of Um, and by the way if you're looking for redraft content for 
uh, our show and for our product, look at ballblastfootball.com. Check out the Ball Blast Ooh. Fantasy Football Podcast, hosted by Kate and Michelle Majuk, our business partners. Check that out. Um, that is all part of the equation. I love that stuff. But man, when it's like February, March, and there's nothing else going on, Dynasty is always there for you. And that's what I love about it. So we're going to talk about some strategy tonight, talk about uh, our favorite um, moves to make, so to speak, and ways to go about playing Dynasty. Before we get into that, quick reminder for the listeners, we have a new logo, as you'll see on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, of course, you know you're doing it wrong. Ooh. Check that out. We have a brand new pod logo coming at you soon. Maybe it's in this podcast. We're not sure yet. Coming at you soon. It is. Is it? Okay. Is it? Perfect. I, think. I hope so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we're recording this before the release date, in case you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> um, the other announcement and the reminder is we have some swag that is for sale yes. on the site. T-shirts are now available $20 per shirt, free shipping included. I think it's a great deal. Help support the site, help support the show, help us pay our writers. Uh, we really do appreciate all of you out there for doing that. All right, guys, no news on tonight's show. We're going to skip that. We're going to get right into um, our Dynasty tips. Let's start with Okada, and we're going to keep these kind of quick. We're going to try to get to a lot of different tips, maybe a short discussion if we feel like it's warranted. But other than that, man, let's just give the people what they want. Let's give them their info. Okada, hit me with your first tip here for Dynasty players. All right, so a big part of why we want to do this podcast is to help redraft players who never played Dynasty get into Dynasty, or if you just got into your first leagues, you know, the last month or two, what are you going to be doing? And if you want to be a commissioner, how do you set up your leagues? Things like that. This is one of my favorite tips because it's a counterintuitive tip, which is to join a league or start a league with hardcore, smart players, probably even smarter than you. And the reason is that in redraft, it's fun to take advantage of your coworkers who know nothing about football or your mom or your cousin <laughs> or whatever, because then you can win the league and then next year you could start all over and it's funny. Right, right. Yeah, in yeah, Dynasty, yeah. exactly. In Dynasty, if you get with people who don't know their stuff, don't put in work, don't aren't dedicated to the research and the draft process and learning about players and learning about teams, the league is going to fall apart. And it's no fun when a dynasty league falls apart. So my number one rule, if you're trying to get into a league, is find a league with people who are really tough to play against because they really put in the work. I love it. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I'd agree. I'd say makes... don't go in. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Good. I was just saying, it just makes the league more fun. Like, you just get more interaction, more trades. The waiver wire yep. is already depleted. It becomes even more of a competition. So, yeah, I'm all about it. What were you going to say, John? Yeah, I was going to say, if you're new to Dynasty, find some people that aren't. You know, get on Twitter. There's there's a ton of people. Hit us up on Twitter, and we can probably play Matchmaker and get you guys into a league. Um, there's a ton of people out there. Or if you there. ask John, he'll just join automatically yeah, because I'm, he's John. I don't know how to say no to Dynasty Leagues. I've got way too many. <laughs> um, it's completely valid. But yeah, play with people that have already played Dynasty before. And if you find people that are good people to be in a league with that you also feel comfortable asking questions to, or you want to ask questions to, to us or other people or whoever it is, it makes it so much better. Ask them like, Hey, is this, you know, what do you do here? What's your value on rookie picks? Stuff like that. It's, it's, it makes it way better to get in people that already kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. And I will say too, if you're looking for knowledgeable, good people that you want to play dynasty with, be sure to check out the Patreon um, mm-hmm. crew in our Slack channel, patreon.com slash ballblast. 
we have guys that are forming leagues that just met because of being able to support our show, which we are so, so grateful for. Um, but those guys have become friends, started their own dynasty league. Like it's awesome. We play in a dynasty league with some of our patrons. So check that out. Obviously you're going to get good people there uh, for sure. John, I'm kicking it over to you, man. Hit me with your first tip for dynasty players. Yeah. One of the things to kind of be aware of when you're putting together a dynasty roster, um, especially when it comes to rookies, young players, um, which is something that Dynasty really puts more of a emphasis on. You kind of need to understand rookies and, and how to value them coming into the league. Understanding breakout ages for, for different positions and the impact that you can expect them to make on your roster. So, for instance, quarterbacks, if they're drafted to a position that's in dire need of a new starting quarterback, you're expecting them to start either from day one or potentially there's a transition like midway in the rookie season, right? Like we saw Baker Mayfield, I think it was in week six or something like that in Cleveland when he took over. Um, sometimes you have them sit behind a veteran for a year, like even Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith for a year in Kansas City before he came in and, and took over that job the next year. But quarterbacks, you're, you're expected to make a fairly quick um, impact on your team. Wide receivers take a couple years for them to potentially reach their their ceiling. Three years. Yeah, I'm with Okada on that one. He's giving me the, the three. Three-year breakout. Yeah, the three-year breakout. That's exactly what it is. You don't expect them to come in and be a fantasy wide receiver ones. You're not expecting C.D. Lamb to come in this season and be Julio Jones. That's not how it works. It takes a few years for them to rise to the top of their own uh, depth chart, for them to really get the target share that's required, etc., Tight ends, man, they're a crapshoot. Like, they're such Ooh. a crapshoot. You you don't even know if they ever are going to break out. But tight ends take, <laughs> like, four years, it seems like, for them to really kind of splash, unless they're just an absolute, you know, freak like Travis Kelsey in year two made an absolute phenomenal splash. Even Kittle took a couple years Same to kind of come, in, yep. come into the scene. So tight ends, be more patient. Stash them, keep them on your bench, wait and see if one of them pops. Uh, running backs, my boys, these are the ones that walk in from day one. And if they are in a position to get the workload, they contribute the fastest. So if you have a dynasty team and you're then doing your next year's rookie draft and you feel like you're in position to potentially compete, you can load up on those early running backs, those stud backs and expect wide receiver two or, or I'm sorry, running back two or running back one production Every year, there's a handful of running backs that end up in that range, somewhere between RB8 and 15. And then you have the freaks that pop to the very top, like Zeke and Saquon, their rookie years that are league winners from the start. So running backs more immediate, quarterbacks pretty immediate, wide receivers, third-year breakout, tight ends, good luck. (laughs) Just roster them and, and see where they pop. Yeah, I like that call a lot. And real quick, just to speak to the running backs, I wish I had the stat in front of me. I remember referencing it on a previous show. There's been at least two rookie running backs that finished in the top 24 at the position. Mm-hmm. I think it's like back to like 2015 or something like that off the top of my head. So every year, rookie running backs produce. So to your point, it happens early. It happens often. And I was going to go next and kind of in my tip, but you mentioned the tight end, tight end position and Okada has one that actually is very relevant to Ooh. that. So I'm going to go back sure. to Okada, let him talk about why he wants to value tight ends so highly in Dynasty. Yeah, I was going to, once it got back to me, go with that tip and follow up on John. Now I can do it immediately. So mine, it's a little bit of a two-parter, 
which is cheating as per my Classic. norm. But target tight ends early in your startups yes. and often in your rookie drafts and late in your startups. And this is the reason why. Tight ends is the hardest thing to acquire and get success out of in a dynasty league. One of the reasons is what John mentioned is that they're right there. They do not develop quickly and it's harder to scout them when you're, when they're first coming into the league, because the college tight end position is usually pretty different from the, from what we're now seeing in the NFL. And so it's hard to find the guys who are going to transition into fantasy relevance quickly, which means you need to have a guy in your startup that you can trust. And then you need to be prepared for when that guy is gone. And so I like to go early with, Maybe if I can't get Kittle or uh, or Kelsey, which I'd like to do, I'm going for one of the top five or six guys probably in my startup, almost guaranteed. And then when you get later in your draft, pick a bunch of young guys. And every year in your rookie draft, look for a couple tight ends in the third, maybe even fourth round, maybe the second round if they're one of the higher guys like a Cole Komet. I really like. You can get him in the early third probably, so you don't even have to. But stash up those rookies so that you have a little conglomeration of four or five young tight ends on your bench or even in your uh, taxi squad, which is something we'll talk about in a little bit, so that when your main guy is gone, you still have tight ends to choose from and you're not left spending massive capital to trade for one. Yeah, I, I love that call. And we did that on the, the mock draft we did on the last episode. So go back and check that out. We took Kittle in the second round for this reason. We said you got to be aggressive with these tight ends in Dynasty way more than redraft. It's such an advantage to have these tight ends on your roster because the waiver wire essentially doesn't exist, right? Like you can't actually go out and get a startable tight end on your waiver wire in Dynasty where in redraft you can stream and it's no problem at all. So we love that call. We took um, Kittle and Gesicki as R2 in Dynasty mm-hmm. and I love that strategy. I do it all the time. John, did you have a point to add there? Yeah, you guys got Kittle and Gesicki in that mock. Yes, we did. That's yes. that's so on that's so on brand. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. Um yep. one thing I wanted to say, I want to just take a quick pause and back all the way up to Dynasty 101. You're gonna be doing a startup draft when you join a Dynasty League. That is going to include most likely just veterans, or at this point in the year, it'll be a veteran plus rookie. Every year, what happens is you have a supplemental rookie draft Mm. that's either three Mm -hmm. to five rounds, depending upon your league setup. You're going to go through, your your roster is going to inflate after your rookie draft, and then after your rookie draft, you will have a cut-down date where you then need to cut your roster back down to size after those rookie drafts. So just to back it up in case people aren't familiar with with that setting and what that looks like, You're going to have a startup draft, and then next year, after most likely after the NFL draft, you will then have a rookie draft somewhere in the the spring to summer months. Yeah, thank you for the clarification there, Uh, Johnny Pooh. I would like to take this conversation (laughs) (laughs) to the next segment there, which for me Uh, is your dynasty league should have a taxi squad. Every league should have this, and and here's why. So what a taxi Mm. squad is, essentially, if you draft these rookies, like John said, you have these two separate drafts where each year you just do a rookie draft. These guys, like John said, they take a while to become relevant for fantasy. So if you're not going to allow someone to have a taxi squad where you can house these rookies and wait for them to actually become a startable asset on your roster, you basically either have to hold them and waste a roster spot for six years for someone to never become relevant or you have to drop them in year two, and then all of a sudden they blow up in year three or year four, like you guys said with the tight ends and wide receivers. 
So if you don't have a taxi squad, you're really limiting the importance of a rookie draft. Like the third round pick in a rookie draft, the fourth round pick in a rookie draft matter way more if you have a taxi squad. If you don't, to be honest, they're kind of irrelevant because you can't really keep those guys on your roster. You just have way too many veterans that are probably more likely to produce that year or the year after. So I think a taxi squad is super important because you can get guys that are late breakouts. You can get guys that are super deep sleepers that, you know, podcasts like us and other shows put in the work to scout these guys for a reason. So if you don't have a taxi squad, those names aren't quite as important. I won't play in a a league anymore unless they have a taxi squad for that reason Hmm. specifically. Nice. How long do you like your taxi squad eligibility to be? Because yeah, there's a, that's, that's another setting that leagues can kind of play with. Sometimes they say they can only be on there for one year. Sometimes it's up to three to four. Yeah, I like either one or two. I'm willing to play in both yep. settings. Um, Same. I think two allows you to evaluate what is likely to happen, right? Like you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Like this guy got a few touches last year. He's got a chance or like he's the wide receiver six in the depth chart for two years straight. Like it's time to move right. on kind of thing. So I, I like two years to allow that player to fully have a chance basically. All right, Okada, back to you, man. Hit me with your third tip here for Dynasty players. All right. So this one's this one's getting a little uh, deep divey, so bear with me if you're new. Buckle up. Pick trading. Yeah. So once you do your startup, and in fact, in your in your startups, you can trade your picks usually. But when when you finish your startup, rookie draft picks become one of the most important and valuable assets for trading. You're going to want to trade away picks to get veteran players. You're going to want to trade four picks if you're trying to rebuild from the young squad. My tip is this. Trade picks away in spring right when the draft is getting close and trade four picks in the summer and fall after the draft excitement has worn away and when football is starting. And the reason for that is housed in a core value of of dynasty trading, which is trading to buy low and sell high. And when you're heading up to draft season, picks become so valuable. Everybody's freaking out, wanting to get that rookie that they're super excited about. Me, John. And then after the draft happens, yes, exactly. (laughs) John will trade an obscene amount for the 101, trade it away. And then when summer and fall rolls around and people don't really care anymore and they don't have any idea who the next draft class is going to be, then go out and get the 2021 first for a much lower price and you'll start getting big payback on that. I love it. Um, actually, totally that's, a, that's a great point even to talk about too, like rookie draft value and, and the name surrounded by it, right? So if you told me four months ago before rookie drafts were going on that I could have like the 104, I'd be like, that's awesome. I'm in. And then you told me like four months later, it was going to be Jerry Judy and he might not even be relevant for fantasy this year. The name right. and the rookie draft pick number is so yep. different. It is so different. People yep. want that 103, remember? 104, 105. And if you put a name there, it, it's not as valuable in, in drafts. Do you, remember how, do you remember how crazy valuable even early to mid-seconds were in like January and February this year? Yep. They yes, were, we were stupid, telling stupid hot. <laughs> yeah, we're like, go get them. Go yeah. load them up. Which is true because this was a very talented draft class. But then the draft happens and then you have players that go to teams and you're like, Ah, really? Like, that's not the best landing spot. Like, maybe, maybe Brandon Ayuk was going to go to Green Bay. Oh, that's so juicy. Uh, That didn't happen. They didn't take a single wide receiver. So the buildup to the draft has so much more value in those picks 
then right after yep. the draft happens. Get those picks traded, whether you if you're trying to trade them away and get the most and, you can in return, right before the draft. And to be fair, if you're in a full rebuild and you need a bunch of picks, don't trade your picks away when your rookie draft is coming up. Right. But if just in the general scheme of dynasty trading, try to go for this. Like it. Kind of strategy. John, our two points next year on the dock go hand in hand. So I'm going to kick it over to you and then I'll take the next segment uh, in regards to that. Yeah. So mine is mostly pertaining to startup drafts, um, but also just in your day-to-day in-season as well. Don't undervalue veterans. You have a ton of people out there in the fantasy community and the dynasty community that as soon as a wide receiver turns 30, oh boy, I'm not going to touch him. I can't possibly have him on my roster because he's not going to do anything for me because he's 30 years old all of a sudden. When when he was 29, he was giving you top eight numbers like Julio Jones, but now suddenly Julio Jones is dead to you. I, I don't understand that logic. Um, veterans are very, very valuable, especially... In that draft, in that startup draft, where in my opinion, and I'll get to this a little bit later as well, um, you're drafting for right now. You're not exactly drafting for three to five years down the road. Don't push those very, very valuable veterans that are going to contribute to your team right now down the board just so that you can pick up younger guys. Yeah, I love it. And I'll just I'll take over here because my next point yeah. And my piece of advice is don't overvalue youth. And it's mostly for the reasons that you just talked about. And because you talked about it takes a while for these rookies to become something in the NFL. That's why, unless it's a running back, we don't really draft them in redraft leagues. There's a reason for that. So, you know, on paper, your team could look awesome, right? Like you've got like four awesome stud rookie wide receivers you've got a rookie running back you've got a rookie tight end you got like and all these rookies and then all of a sudden you're still bottom three in your league like i play right. dynasty to win championships i do not play to build a good pa- uh, a good team a good roster on paper and if you overvalue youth getting first year second year players and just being like oh this guy's 20 like, this guy's 21 like look at this roster in six years i'm gonna be so good this league <laughs> might not even be on this thing might not even exist in six years yeah so right. I, I think youth is important because you want to get these young players that have a lot of upside. For example, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, for example. Ooh. Those types of players, yes, buy into DK the hype. Metcalf. Believe yeah. it. DK Metcalf, exactly. But you don't want to just have your roster be solely those types of players because the likelihood that you're going to compete in your league is very, very low. And the likelihood that you compete anytime in the next like two years is also very low. So you're basically setting yourself up to be in the bottom half of your league. And fellas, winning is way more fun than losing. <laughs> yes. Fact. Okada, back to you, man. What do you got here for number four? All right. Uh, another interestingly deep dive-ish sort of tip. And this one is very research-based because, you know, I'm a researcher. So... I'm going to actually give you guys a couple of websites as part of this tip, which is getting super specific. But get to know NFL contracts, specifically when they're going to be up, when they're going to be when a player's dead money is there or not there, because that is going to be a huge telling point for where the value is going to be for those players. So if you want a couple sites over the and SpoTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. 
NFL.com. Both those sites have every NFL contract on them, and they have pretty nice little tables that show the uh, upcoming contract years, what amount of money is guaranteed, what will be the dead money if they uh, the team cuts that player. And if you learn how to use that and research that a little bit, then it means that you're going to be able to look, uh, okay, two years from now, X player's deal is going to be up and he's going to have to go to another team. Whereas the Austin Eckler, let's say, as an example, just signed a new contract. I feel good about him for a few years. And you can use that to affect the valuation of players. So if you're looking at a Derrick Henry or a Kenyon Drake and you realize that they're in the last year of their contract or in a franchise tag year, you're going to understand that there's maybe a little bit of value that's lost there. Whereas if you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott, who just signed a massive deal, you're going to feel great about him as a more long-term asset. So get to know contracts a little bit. You don't have to, you know, understand all the money, but just study those sites a little bit. And when you're talking about trading for or trading a player or when to when to draft them, take a look at those contracts and see how it might play. Yeah, let's talk value. about the veteran that I just mentioned, Julio Jones. Everyone's panicking because he's 30 and thinks that Calvin Ridley is going to take ever yep. take over. How much longer is Julio under contract in Atlanta? Four, four more years. seasons. I was say four years. Four, four years? Yeah. more seasons. Yep. And he is a over $10 million dead cap hit to that team if they lose him. He's not going anywhere. Julio Jones is staying there for three to four more seasons minimum. And he's going to continue to ball. So it's things like that that really do matter in understanding your roster construction. Just because he's 30 doesn't mean he's fading off into oblivion. He's still very talented, very athletic, still going to get the job done. So I, I like that tip a lot. Yes. Hashtag... Forever Julio. Forever Julio. All right, John, back to you, man. Let's talk about running backs. <clears throat> yes, let's, shall we? I love running backs, in case you didn't know. Um, True. So, me, when you're constructing your dynasty roster, whether this is in your initial startup draft or the way that you want to look at things in terms of trading in season, stuff like that, to me, running backs are win-now pieces, these are players, especially when they are in their first contract, that's about all that they're valuable for. And then after that, they fade off mm-hmm. into oblivion. It is crazy how it happens. The league does not value them as much as I do. Shame on them. They let these running backs, <laughs> they just, they replace them with the next one up. They, they have the next person coming in behind them that's going to take over. Sometimes that works well. Sometimes it doesn't. But they're not really willing to take the chance because of the wear and tear at the running back position and because they're afraid that after logging 300 touches for four straight seasons, the wheels are going to fall off. We just saw it this last offseason. We had Melvin Gordon, we had David Johnson, and we had Todd Gurley all in one offseason change teams. They're now into that second home where their value has plummeted from where it was. Those three running backs were all at the top of the mountain a few years ago at their position. And now they are rapidly declining in value. They might still be valuable for another season, which is if you're on a win-now team, I have no problem rostering Todd Gurley on, on my roster this year as my running back two to try and win this season. But the running backs are very short-term pieces As much as I love Jonathan Taylor, I understand his fantasy value is probably four seasons, maybe five. That's about where the value is going to lay with these running backs, unless they are just an absolute Hall of Fame caliber, going to be around for 10-year running back. 
it's very tough for those running backs to produce for a long period of time, as opposed to wide receivers, where they maintain their high-level production for much longer. So I like to build around wide receivers. I'm still drafting running backs to win right now because I play to win right now. But in terms of trading, in terms of things like that, I love having stud younger wide receivers, 25, 24 years old, that I'm going to get production out of for another five to six years. Where at 24, 25 years old, running backs are already starting to stare the Grim Reaper in the face in terms of their fantasy production. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And the the easiest way to look at it is you just look at the top 12 finishers. I'm going to pull up the list right yeah. now from 2016. Okay, guys? Oh, this is going to be fun. We had RB1, David Johnson. Let's go. RB2, nice. Zeke, still there. RB3, LaShawn McCoy. Who? Running back four, Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. Running back five, oh! DeMarco Murray. Running back six, oh Devonta goodness. Freeman. Seven, LeGarrette Blunt. Nine, nope. Jordan nope. Howard. Eleven, Jay Ajayi. Nope. And twelve, <laughs> Mr. Frank Gore. It just doesn't happen. There's, it wow. just does not happen. Two of the twelve still have value. Zeke is the only elite one left. That's it. Period. So yep. would you say, I mean, based off historical data, would you say that if you have a running back, but I'm not talking about Christian McCaffrey, not talking about Saquon, if you have a running back that finishes like RB seven, like seven to twelve for one season, would you consider them to be a trade, um, a trade away candidate or a sell high, so to speak? Depends. In Dynasty depends on the team. If I just won the championship with that on the roster, I'm just gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride it the next season and see if I can repeat and see if they hold on for another season. If I didn't, if I was in the middle of the pack with an RB7, like a Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, something along those lines, yeah, I'll sell that away for a, a Miles Sanders plus easily. I, I have no problem doing that. I just posted on Twitter tonight, Julio Jones, I feel like, is going to be more fantasy elite longer than Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. I truly believe that he's going to hold three more years mm. of wide receiver one value, and those two are probably going to fade off in the next two years. I mean, based off the historical trends, you're not wrong. Yeah. Like, it, even though their their age is so different, running backs, man, they just don't last in this league. Your running back roster in Dynasty should change rapidly, often, because that's what happens in the NFL. And if you're holding on to a guy for five years, eventually they're going to be worthless on your team. So you have to, to kind of adapt to the NFL. Fellas, let's pause for a quick word from the sponsor of tonight's show. We've been talking about winning championships, and if you're going to win a championship in your Dynasty League, you have to have a trophy. And if you don't, you are doing mm. it so wrong. Go check out Trophy Smack. Does this count Smack. as a Dynasty tip? Yes. Yeah, sure. This is my tip. <laughs> go, go check out <laughs> TrophySmack.com. Guys, their draft boards, their trophies, their belts, their rings are fantastic. Um, we cannot support these guys enough. And when you go to their site, when you find the trophy that you want, add it to your cart. Go back, keep shopping, find a championship ring, add that to your cart, enter the code REDSHIRTS, you get that ring for free. Literally costs you nothing, so do it. It's perfect. It's the great pairing for, let's say, your commissioner of two leagues. It's perfect. Check that out. Um, and also, spoiler alert, I don't want to put this out there on the airwaves with confidence, but there is rumblings that we will have a Trophy Smack Trophy for the winner of the Listener League. <gasps> so... Just saying. Just saying. Check it out. All right, boys. On to my next tip here. By the way, before you start, you can't that was be... a pro segue, Go ahead. bro. That was a very, very nice True. transition into that read. Well done. Well done. I mean, we're we professionals are, yes. here. Come on, man. Come on. 
My next tip is you have to know when to blow it up. You, yeah. If you're playing mm. Dynasty and for like two years in a row, you're at like the fifth best team or the sixth best team or seventh in a 12-team league, like you have enough good pieces, maybe one RB1, maybe one wide receiver one, but you've got like wide receiver threes and fours and like a tight end two. Like you're good enough to compete and win a few games, but not really good enough to compete. And you're also not bad enough that like you're bottom three and you're like, I'm rebuilding, I'm, I'm out. You cannot be stuck in the middle. Right. If you're stuck in the middle, you're going to be there for two or three years in a row. And either you're not going to compete for the championship and get a trophy smack trophy, or you are not going to be able to get a top two or three rookie pick in your rookie draft, which is extremely valuable. So if you're finishing or like right around six, seven, somewhere in there, and it's been two years in a row, it's time to look at your roster, look at your veterans that are valuable to another roster in your league that is trying to compete. And like Okada said, go ahead and get rid of those veterans in season because they're more valuable to a team trying to make that push for the championship. Don't be stuck in the middle. You either got to be in the top three or four or bottom three or four. Anywhere in between is no bueno, my friends. Yeah, uh, I really love this tip because I feel like it is a classic fear of new dynasty players that blowing it up is just going to be feel awful and it's going to suck for three years are going to be wallowing in the misery of a trash team it's it is so fun, fun to blow up a it. roster <laughs> to go out there and acquire yeah. a ton of picks and then smash your rookie draft and have all these young guys on your team and then watch them grow it is honestly super fun i recommend if if you are you know just getting into dynasty and maybe you you can't launch your own league take an go orphan. out and look yeah. for orphans Yes, which are teams where players, often because they've gotten so bad, but for whatever reason, in a league have left that league and that league is looking to, for, to replace them. Usually those teams are not good. Go and take it over and try to rebuild it. It is honestly a very rewarding rewarding experience and something you guys should should tackle with hope to, and joy. To, go on to, to like go on to Okada's coattails on that one, for what he was talking about earlier... In season, you've got veterans on your team, and when they post an insane week, Adam the oh, Adam Thielen has yes. 14 catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns against Detroit, which could happen <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC North easily. Which will which happen. will happen in the <laughs> NFC North with the yeah. amount of targets he's going to have. It very possible. When Adam Thielen does that, you go out and you sell him for a young wide receiver and a first in 2021. Mm-hmm. You hold on to that first. To, to a, a playoff, playoff team. team. Yes. You hold on to that 2021 first, and then you sell it in February for like two firsts, Woo! and you're just keeping the machine rolling and just turning it over, and it's oh, so much fun. I'm loving this. It's just a blast. <laughs> like, I love those. Those rebuilds are, yeah. are they're not, they're not arduous. It's It doesn't suck. It is so much fun to reconstruct a roster. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we talk about these GMs making silly moves all the time like in <laughs> dynasty you are the gm so if you're like man bill o'brien just traded away <laughs> john <laughs> hopkins that was dumb. identify the you bill o'brien kind of-, of your league <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Tip number eight: Identify the bill o'brien in your league and go take advantage. True. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we we critique these guys all the time, right? But they're way smarter than us. In dynasty, you can actually become eh, maybe you can become that type of person and that type of of owner of your league and really try to be like, okay, 
I'm going to go get value. I'm going to trade away this veteran, et cetera, et cetera. It is a ton of fun. Um, I want to steal this quote. I think it's from, from Rich over at Dynasty Nerds. Good friend of the show. That dude's awesome. Go check out their podcast if you haven't already. He always says, in Dynasty, even when you're losing, you're winning. Because when you lose, True. you're getting the 101 or the 102 or the 103. And as we talked about, those picks are very, very valuable. All right, Okada, back to you, man. Hit me with, what is this, number five? Five. It's my last tip because I did a double up. You did. So, all right. Th- this honestly is probably my one of my most important ones, if not my most important one. So I saved it for the finale. Understand rookie draft tiers. And this is what that means. So like John explained earlier, you've got your startup, you get all your veterans. Then either this year, if you do a draft with no rookies in your startup or next year in 2021, when you hit your rookie drafts, you're going to be heading into this rookie draft. It's really exciting. You get 10 or 12 picks in a round, and then it continues in the same order. It's not snake draft yes. like a typical redraft league. And what happens is that based off who is drafted, where those players were drafted in the NFL draft, what teams they went to, and what, what kind of scouted talent they had, they are going to fall into usually pretty distinct and largely separated tiers. And the temptation, because it's what you usually see in a redraft league, is that the difference between the 109 and the 203 is pretty small. And the difference between a second round and a third round pick is pretty much nothing. And the difference between a fourth and fifth round pick is nothing. That is not the case in a rookie draft. There are massive tier breaks after very small groups of players. To where, you know, in this year's draft, if you're not playing in a super flex, you've maybe got three or four running backs and a couple wide receivers, and they may not even fit into that tier. And then it's and then it's complete avalanche, waterfall, pick your nature drop off uh, <laughs> to the next tier of players, and they are so much less valuable. And then there's like a, a this year in particular, there's a group of players that go into the kind yep. of the mid second, maybe. And then there's a massive drop-off and everyone else after that is a crapshoot. You need to figure out those tiers and understand those tiers. Now, it's really hard to do if you're a new player, if you don't know the rookies, if you don't follow the draft super, super close. It's going to be hard to do. Fortunately for you, you you have Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. So you come to us and we'll break it down. Or any number of other great Dynasty Podcasts and Twitter follows. Get, Get the information that you need to get from those people to understand where those tier breaks are. And then out of that, trade in and out of those tiers as it makes sense. So if you have a pick two two or three spots behind the end of that tier, trade up into it, even if it's going to cost you a lot, because you know that the value break is worth that. And if you have the last pick in a tier and you don't really need it for whatever reason, and you know that someone wants to come get it, same thing, trade it away. Understand those tiers and capitalize on them. All of Dynasty really is capitalizing on value, and this is an important yeah, part Yeah, that's, that. that's a really great one. Um, it looked like the top six, top seven were all going to be lumped together, super studs. Everyone loved them in February. And then the NFL draft happened, and in a super flex league where you're looking at quarterbacks being much more valuable, there was like a top four where it was in some order, however you want to order these top four, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Joe Burrow, and Tua Tungavailoa was your your top four ordered in whichever way you want. Jonathan Taylor was mine, always 101 on my heart. Um, And then after the 1.04, you had 
CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, maybe Cam Akers. Receivers go to bad they situations. Went to not great immediate production situations. You had them and then running backs that went into potential timeshares, like uh, Keyshawn yep. Vaughn, J.K. J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins, and yep. um, Cam Akers. Cam Akers, thank you. And then after that, you had wide receivers that were going into positions, tons, tons of, wide, of receivers, wide receivers, like seven in a row, that were that were Big basically we don't know what their role is going to be from day one. Rank them how you wish. So I love that understanding the the tier breaks and how they're going to change throughout the year. Everyone says that there's going to be thirty stud rookies in December. There's not going to be thirty stud rookies. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> it's a continuous process of jockeying for position depending on what you need, what you want, how close you are to competing, if it's better to trade down and get more value, et cetera. So that's that's a really good pick. Yeah. That sounds super, super complicated. Uh, the only way I really know how to correct that is just if you just pause the podcast and hit subscribe <laughs> on the Red Shirt Sinusy podcast. Yes. Problem solved. We We're going to do the homework for you. you to help you win. Yep. So, Yes. Also, Please. subscribe to patreon.com slash ballblast, get in the Slack, and then you can ask us. You can say, my pick is right here. Oh, what yeah. do I do? That is the oh, number yeah. one tip of this entire podcast. Oh, yeah. Get in the Patreon <laughs> and get in our chat. We, we helped value, a lot of drafts. Opinion. We helped a lot of drafts this year. I feel like it was a yeah, lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. I'm going to steal the next one, John, and then I'm going to kick it over to you because I want to talk about more rookies. Yeah. and. You know, I feel like in Dynasty, like we talk all about these rookies. We spend so much time scouting them, their advanced analytics, their tape, their situation, Break their landing age. spot. <laughs> yeah, the whole nine, and it matters. But then the season comes, and as we talked about, these rookies take time to develop. That's why we have taxi squads, etc. That's why you understand when they're supposed to break out. And then the the calendar turns, it's January, and we're already looking at the next class, and people do not care about what happened last year, True. right? I mean, you see it all the time. The post-hype sleeper is so, so real in Dynasty. These rookies come out, they have an okay year. Maybe they put up like five, 600 receiving yards, and people are like, oh, that's not very good. Like, I'm done. They sell them too early, and then all of a sudden, they blow up on someone else's roster. You cannot give up on rookies too early. That is why Okada was screaming from the rooftops, trust Mike Kosicki. Just stay with him. He's a tight end. John said it takes a couple years, three, maybe four. Last year we saw it. The first year was awful. He was so, so bad. Like, didn't even do anything. Last year he was the tight end eight down the stretch. This year we are ranking him as such in redraft leagues, I am at least. And obviously we love him in Dynasty. So there's a reason that it takes time. There's a reason you have taxi squads. Don't give up on the rookies too soon. And remember, whatever you believe, like whatever your philosophy is or whatever your evaluation of a, a rookie is, that doesn't change after seven games. Right. Like that still is the same <clears throat> as it was six months ago. So you can't give up on these rookies too soon. Play the long game. Stay with these rookies. They will become valuable eventually. And if not, then it's time to move on. But don't give up in year one. Even Ezekiel, John, back to even you, Ezekiel Elliott, who burst onto the scene in his rookie season. Um, came out, was absolutely phenomenal, was a top four fantasy running back, I believe, in standard scoring, something along those lines, his rookie season. He still took a month to get his feet under him in the NFL. Like, it does take these guys some time yeah. to adjust. And a month is very, very short. Some others take a season, two, to really adjust to the speed of the game. 
especially this year with this weird offseason that we're having because of COVID. Give these rookies a long leash. Let them get adjusted Mm -hmm. to the NFL, to the playbook, to the scheme, to the language, to all of it. Give them time. Don't panic on the young ones. So I'll go into my next one from there. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but your startup draft, every once in a while you'll be in a league with someone and their startup draft, they just go, I'm going to draft no one over the age of 24. And the entire thing is just littered with backup running backs and, and, and super young wide receivers that maybe showed some promise and, and a second year quarterback that hasn't really had a great opportunity yet. Like, a Daniel Jones or a uh, Dwayne Haskins or something along those lines. And that's their entire roster. And they're so proud of themselves because it's dynasty. And in dynasty, you keep your roster forever. And I have all these young players. Don't do that. Draft your team to win right now. Like when you're doing a, a dynasty startup draft, yes, you want to keep a little bit of an eye on the future. Yes, your younger wide receivers that have already shown good promise, like DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, uh, DK Metcalf, all those guys that are um, coming into their second, third seasons. Yes, they are a little bit more valuable. I'm still taking Julio Jones over those guys. You draft your team to win right now would be the best advice that I can give you. Take your draft almost like you would a redraft league is basically how I go about my startup drafts in Dynasty. I'm drafting to win right now. If it doesn't happen, or if it does happen, and in two years, it's time to to strip it down and, and sell them at value, great, you can do that later. That's fine. But don't overvalue the young players and put yourself into a position where you're not competing for three, four years, and you're playing catch-up the entire time. You want to make sure that you're drafting to win right now instead of overvaluing those young players in your startup draft. Yeah, um, I don't really want to say this because it's kind of sad, but you got to keep in mind that not every Dynasty League is going to make it yeah. 10 years. In fact, a lot of them are not. If nope. you make it three, four, five years, yeah, that's run. pretty cool. So playing for six years from now is a fool's errand. Now, if you take a lot of these tips and put them into effect and get a league with good players and do cool setups and cool settings and the right scoring and all that... You can help it last longer, but don't go head over heels trying to plan for six years from now. That is a really solid tip. And if you're doing a startup, almost treat it as a redraft with a yeah. little bit of Especially a if it's a money yeah. leak. If you're putting 20 bucks in, yep. like, come on, you're playing to win. You're playing to get that pot. Go get yep. those, you know, $200 at the end of the season. It's, it's not planning for five years from now. Yeah, that's a great point. And just kind of like anecdotally speaking... Um, I joined one of John Bosch's leagues, good friend of the show, at John Bosch FF on Twitter. Great follow for Dynasty content. He puts together like these weird formats. So it was it was called Now and Later. And it was a five-year league. It's capped at five years. We're entering year three. Well, I said, I'm going to go win year one and just pay for the league outright with my winnings. Like, I don't have to pay league entries anymore because I'm still going to end up in the green. I won in year, in year one. I sold out. It was an auction draft. Sold out for Antonio Brown. Sold out for Cam Newton. Like, Christian McCaffrey. Like, paid up out the wazoo. My team sucks right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I won in year one, and now I'm good for the rest of the, the rest of the time because I made money off of it, so, so to speak. So, it depends on what you want to do with your roster. That's just one example, but I love that call, John. 
you know, the cliche saying, right, tomorrow's not guaranteed. In Dynasty, you can't expect this league to be together in seven years. It just doesn't happen. And with that being said, my next tip is play for two to three years and no longer. It goes with Okada was just saying with the league, but then also like these rosters just change so, so, so much. If you would have asked me two years ago if Antonio Brown was still going to be an elite fantasy asset, I would have said, yes, yeah, bet your house on of it. Of course. He's not on an NFL roster anymore. Like things just change so much. And John talked about it with the running backs too, especially about how it just changes so often and so frequently. I mean, you, if you're predicting the future in four or five years and you're correct, like hats off to you. I will lose to you in my fantasy league often. That's fine because you crushed it. But historically speaking, it just doesn't happen. I like to play for two years, maybe three with those, those roster spots that actually can be projected out that long, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a tight end like a George Kittle, so to speak, maybe a quarterback, but running backs especially, no way. I'm looking out two years, maybe three, max. All right, John, back to you, man. Close this out here. Hit us with your last Yeah, tip. my last trip is, is to understand trade values of different positions, and part of this is going to come down to your scoring formats. It's going to come down to your roster construction formats. The way that the league is set up is going to play into it big time. If it's super flex, quarterbacks are gold. They are, you, it is Ugh. so hard to trade for one, which is why when you're doing your startup draft, if it is super flex, get yourself three or four, like at least, at least, Easy. if not yep. more. Always walk away from a rookie draft with an extra quarterback. I don't care if they're going to be sitting on the bench for a year. Toss Jacob yep. Eason on your bench this year. Like That's exactly yep, the name that was absolutely. in my mind when you said that. Every single time. So, the positional value changes a lot. Like right now, for instance, to give you a landscape view, in Superflex leagues, quarterbacks are ridiculously expensive. Running backs, like good running backs, your top tier, is basically right there with them. They're so hard to acquire right now, even for people that understand that running back turnover happens pretty quickly. They're so expensive. Wide receivers are less expensive, and I think that's probably because there's about 30 wide receivers that I would trust to give me a top 15 week at some point this season. There's so many receivers. Easily. So understanding that and the trade value is not the same. If you're going out and, and trying to acquire a quarterback from someone in a super flex dynasty league, it's going to cost you multiple rookie firsts and probably a wide receiver too, at least would be like the point of getting a mid-range quarterback one, right? Like A.J. Brown and two firsts might get you a... Who, let's say, who's outside like the top... Kyler Murray. Kyler might... That might not be enough. You might Might need need more more to get Kyler. Kyler, Like it costs a lot to get those guys. (laughs) Yeah, like it's, it's a lot. I'm thinking like maybe Russ. That might do it for Russ. Just behind kind of that tier. Or Carson Wentz. That would probably get that would get it done for a Carson once. Mm, that's a good one. Going yeah. out for a running back one is probably going to cost you something similar. Like if you're going after a top tier guy, um, if you're going after, let's say Derrick Henry, it's yep, Derrick Henry, love it. It's probably going to cost you about that. Boom. Um, going after a wide receiver one though, like if you're going out for a Cooper Cup, who's like a fringe wide receiver, you can probably get that done for like. A first and maybe in a, a secondary yeah. piece. You know what I mean? Like, so yep. the positional values change in leagues, tight ends, 
you're never going to get like Kelsey Kittle from the person that has him. It's not going to happen. Unless they happen to draft Kelsey and then Kittle in his rookie draft right. later, yes. there's yeah. no which way. Which could happen, which hey, maybe do that in your startup draft. Get both and then trade one. Which is why you should snag yep. a bunch of tight ends yep. in your rookie draft. Um, but going out for those guys is not going to happen. But going after like a Zach Ertz, who's probably going to be a top five tight end right now, you can get him cheap. Like those, the positional value changes across the board. So understand that. And it's going to change league to league as well. You just kind of got to get a feel for your market and what it's looking like. Um, if it's a trade-happy league, if people are a little bit tight-fisted, it's it's going to change around. So just pay attention to the trade market in your league. I love being in a league of happy traders. I want to be trading all the time. Uh, that's my personal preference. It makes it way more fun. Um, and I, I encourage you to do the I'm same. I'm laughing at, at our league, John, that you and I play in together with uh, Kate Michelle, oh a couple Dynasty Nerds writers, Jake Trowbridge, oh, good friend of the show. So much. Trade. And like literally, there was, what was it, during quarantine, we had like a 25 no, day streak of trades? Was it during quarantine? Something like it that. was. Um, yes. Yes, it was. I don't know because, no, it was pre NFL draft. It was pre draft. Oh, I there think was it, quarantine pre draft. Yeah. March for a month. Yeah, okay, March. it might have been. Yeah. It might have been that anyway, first stretch. Month and a half. It was like twenty-seven straight days, or, <laughs> it was or something like this. That this league had a trade in it. It was just constant movement. And then literally, like someone would someone would post at like like nine p.m. at night, like, "Hey, there's been no trade today. Anyone want to yeah. step in and trade a fifth for a fourth or something?" Like <laughs> yeah, that? You know, it's just like silly. We're stuff. seeing like Ronald um, Jones man, for a third at eleven o'clock at night, like just ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous trades. Yeah. Great. Uh, but man, it's it's so fun to be in those types of leagues. Trading is awesome. Dynasty is awesome. Hopefully, we convince you to to make the the leap. It can be a little intimidating, but fortunately, there's awesome resources out there, including our show as well as others. We have content on the site, ballblastfootball.com. Of course, locked in here at Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. We've got you covered, fellas. Fantastic show. I love these strategy episodes. We should do this again sometime yep. soon because yes. it's fun to take a break from like player evaluation and just talk about what it means to be in a dynasty league. So I love it. Hopefully listeners, you liked it too. If you like what you're hearing, drop a rating and review in your podcast app. We would sincerely appreciate it. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash ball blast. Find us on social media at retreats FF pod. I am at the fantasy PT. Okada is at Matt Okada. John is at dynasty beard until next time. We are the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.